the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome. Welcome on back to our itsy bitsy, teensy weensy Saturday night show. I'm Randy Corpin, your pumped up purveyor of principled, passionate patriotism, rocking and rolling and ready to go and very excited to get this night underwear underway because Big John Corbless working hard behind the glass, put the bumper music together tonight and I can't wait to see what he came up with. That should be awesome. Special, special, hmm, that extra cup of coffee kicking in. Special shout out to Jackie's Down Under Patriots listening from Australia tonight. I guess it's this morning there. I don't know the time zone difference between here and Australia, but um, I'm sure it's not very close. And then, of course, a special shout out to Jessica and Kim, two very special ladies that I met during. Uh, uh, just running through some of the early grief in my life, people, uh, two women who had terrible, terrible losses of their own, just wonderful people that step up and come together and figure out a way to to plow forward. Shout out to Carolyn tonight. It was so good to see you. And, uh, and you're not so new, Bo. And uh, man, oh, man, some things in life are just feeling pretty good. Amazingly intense week for me. I kicked off Monday morning. First time I've been to the Independence Institute center-right coalition meeting in months. I think maybe the first time since uh, losing my wife back in June of last year. And it was fascinating uh, because there were there were people on there who are, you know, good people, but we just simply disagree about some pretty significant things like, oh, the stolen 2020 election. And it was really fun to get on there. This was, if you were with us last week, we had Garland Favorito from Georgia talking about the Rathlisberg case, Rathlisberger case, the Secretary of State of Georgia. Some details we'll get back into uh, because I've learned more about that case. No ruling yet, but the the concerns that are raised, the evidence that is in the books about Dominion ballot counters and dominion machines and this so-called Republican Secretary of State just ignoring so many red flags. Garland said it on the air. He thinks he's corrupt. He has been corrupted. But um, it was great to be on the center-right coalition meeting and get to talk about that interview with Garland, check off some of the boxes of the things that went on during that trial. And just remind the election fraud deniers out there that when there is an opportunity to actually put evidence into court, there's a whole lot of it. And then Monday night, I had the honor of co-moderating the debate between nine of the CD4 candidates. Uh, That's uh, Ted Harvey and Lauren Boebert and Richard Holtorf and others going down the list, Jerry Sonnenberg and and it was great. Um, Ernest Lunning from Colorado Politics was the co-moderator. 
And um, he just had some great ideas and, and worked really hard. Uh, we got in there. We had some disagreements, he and I, which was kind of fun. He tossed out some some statements as fact, and I, I just felt the need to challenge them a bit. Um, but for the most part, it was just a fiery debate and, and a couple of things that were interesting. Uh, one in particular to me was that out of all nine of the candidates who appeared, only two were willing to say that the 2020 election was stolen from President Trump, and that was Ted Harvey and Lauren Boebert. Election shenanigans abounded. Speaking of President Trump, I look up at my screen, and lo and behold, he has finally arrived at Waterford Township, Michigan. So why don't we check in for just a minute, see if he has anything to say, oh, I don't know, about the $400 million penalty that this... um, Apparently, smirking judge levied on him yesterday. We'll see what he's up to. Here's a, this is Donald Trump live from Michigan. The statute, uh, they have the right to do whatever they want to do. It's so unconstitutional. And they refuse to send this disgusting charade to the commercial division within the court system where you have, hopefully, you'd find a competent judge. And they would have looked at it, and it would have never even been brought. The Democrat club-controlled judge in Gorin has already been reversed four times on this case alone. It's a record. Never happened before. Every time we went up, he got reversed, and hopefully the whole thing is going to be thrown out and reversed. And if justice is anything in New York State, we'll win, because New York State's in a lot of problems. The judges and prosecutors that were dealing with me are essentially all the same. Different wrappings, tone, manner but always the same coordinated and overly nasty result. They are nasty. These are Democrats that definitely hate me. They hate you, too, I have to tell you. Whether New York City or state, Fulton County, what do you think of Fawny? What do you think, Fawny? Huh? <laughs> we got in at just the right time. Let's let this play F-A-N-I. another minute. Then we'll get to That's the phones. Fanny, but you're not allowed to say it. It's Fawny. Fanny. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Big that's Fulton County, that's Atlanta, or Washington, D.C. The people couldn't care less about justice. These people, they're not looking for justice. They only care about how to stop crooked Joe Biden's political opponent. That's me. And how to inflict as much pain as possible. But here we are. They've been doing this for seven years, and we won. Excuse me. We won twice. And now we're going to win a third time. We'll win a third time. No fear. Love it. All right, let's go ahead and back out of that. Than we did the first. Yeah, and it's looking good. I mean, Donald Trump has pulled ahead in Michigan. That's why um, creepy, sleepy, showering with that daughter. Joe Biden is kowtowing to the Muslim community in, what do they call it, Dear, Dearbornistan? You know, Dearbornistan. I mean, good Lord the things that are being done to Israel, et cetera. But um, we're not going to get into that tonight. There's so much else to talk about. But let's uh, let's check in on the phones first, 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. Kicking it off with Ron tonight from Conifer. Good evening, sir. Hi. Uh, I just had a question, a couple of questions I wanted to ask about that second vote. Now, the first uh, impeachment, the first vote was 215 to 215, and it would have been 216, in favor of it, if uh, what did Steve, uh, what's his last name, had been there? Scalise. Scalise, that's right. And, okay, so then they did it again, and this time 
it was two fourteen and two thirteen, I think. And the uh, two and two and I I never heard anybody mention this except uh, uh, what's his name did uh, uh, the uh, you know the uh, all time read I can't remember anybody's name today. Uh, anyway, it's too much run running, Ron. <laughs> You're just running the brain cells right out. Well, that's, there's a lot to remember. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so uh, that, it was this time, and so I was. It, it stayed on the radio in one program that two Republicans and two Democrats didn't vote the second time without any explanation for that. I just wondered if you knew anything about that. I am sorry. I've got no inside skinny on any of it. It's uh, to me. It, there's just so much political theater going on that uh, it's not worth digging into the details too often. We know Ken Buck was a no vote. Well, he, yeah, the three of them voted no, but two Republicans didn't vote accordingly. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I, I could probably look it up uh, and find out maybe on a break for you, Ron. We're we're you know we're here to serve. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I would appreciate that, and uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, gee, he's on every night at seven o'clock on your station. The guy that I'm thinking of, uh, uh, you know, he's got his son working for him, and you know, they they do they were doing all the stuff in the, on the Colorado case as as an amicus. Huh? And he's on our station at seven. Yeah. You'd think I'd know, but I don't. Well, in any event, who? Who I mean, who is the one that presented the you know they represented the Republicans in the in front of the Colorado Supreme Court? Uh, who represented the Repo Oh, you're oh yes yes yes. Um, oh my lord, I can't. <laughs> We're uh, both. Yeah, the, from the Justice. Uh, I, I even forget their name. Uh, the name of the organization, the Justice. Uh, the Center <laughs> for uh, Center for American Justice. Law and Justice, or something like that. I'm just going to look it up, man. This is just live radio at its okay, absolute slowest. But it's embarrassing. I, but, you know, I'm horrible with names. Um, well, I'm getting Jay Seculo and his son. Seculo. Jay Seculo, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and he's the only one that mentioned it. I've been wondering about this for a week or whatever the, the vote came out. That mentioned and the he, impeachment he, vote? What's that? That mentioned the impeachment vote? Well, no, that mentioned the fact that two Republicans, that explained to me why the vote was. Oh, it was two fourteen to two thirteen instead of two sixteen to two fifteen, like it would have been last time if uh, if Steve uh, Scalise, Scalise had, been had, had had been available. Yeah, and then I'm su- I'm surprised that they didn't. I mean, they, that's a big chance you would have struck out two times in a row if they if these two Republicans uh, or well if the two Democrats had, hadn't decided not to vote, which and they did before you know in the, the first vote they, you know, they you, voted. You can't read too much into these decisions, um, Ron, because it's all political theory. Who, who's running? What kind of a district is it? Yeah. Um, do they need my vote to win this, or are we going to lose it anyway? And so, I you know, you've got to look at people's voting histories over time. Before you can assess their decision making, but um, they didn't it, say who the two Republicans were. He didn't say. Yeah, he said two Republicans and two Democrats didn't. Well, vote, I'll see if I can find out for you since which it seems, accounted for the difference in the count. Seems to be very important to you. Well, I'm, you know, I can't help being curious. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I don't like mysteries. If they're easy to solve, particularly. Yeah. Well, it's certainly easy to get a, a roster of who voted what, and uh, I'll see if I can pull that up and, and just uh, All right, I'll deliver be, uh, it a la carte for you. 
I'll be listening. Pre- I appreciate it. You got it, Ron. Have a good night. All right. And, you know, speaking of Alejandro Mayorkas, the first uh, secretary of his type to be impeached in, what, 150 years? But, you know, you can rely on this guy. I've interacted with the president countless times. Uh, I've said publicly the most difficult part about a meeting with President Biden is preparing for it. Because he is probing, probing. Exacting, exacting, and quite detail-oriented and, and focused. Quite detail-oriented and focused. That's what recently impeached Alejandro Mayorkas, Department of Homeland Security, had to say about this guy. I, uh, um, uh, anyway... And I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe change my words. I was just thinking, uh, uh, anyway. I I just, look, I mean, Putin's kleptocracy, yeah. It was in February, February, uh, January, after being elected. Late January, early February. Yeah, that that one where there was no sound. I'm watching the video as I play that, and uh, uh, Biden is just simply checking out. He almost looked like like Mitch McConnell when he has one of those blank out moments. And um, and though you can hear just how far gone Joe Biden is. When you're just hearing the audio, watching his eyes, watching the vacancy, watching him sort of looking up and in and around, trying to figure out where are my words. And, you know, for someone who is approaching dementia and having those kind of issues, you could feel sympathetic for that. I think his wife ought to be prosecuted for subjecting her husband to this presidency. Such a humiliation, such an embarrassment. But for Mayorkas to say this... I've interacted with the president countless times. Uh, I've said publicly the most difficult part about a meeting with President Biden is preparing for it. Oh, yeah. Because he is probing, probing, exacting, exacting, and quite detail-oriented and focused. Quite detail-oriented and focused. Here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected here's what that you can do the drivers uh i uh yeah i mean it goes that one recording goes on for about six minutes it's not nearly as long as the 20 some minutes that rnc research had pinned to their twitter feed the most hated the white house's most hated uh, Twitter feed, according to Politico, when, where they've got 25 minutes of this stuff. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you... 
you know, fight against that in 2020. You are absolutely right. He is an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice presidential candidate? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election and he was put into office because the Russians interfered. Russia interfered with our election, attacked our democracy for the sole purpose of artificially placing someone at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They were successful. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. The one thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. I have an objection. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. He's an illegitimate president. Our election was hijacked. There is no question. Congress has a duty to hashtag protect our democracy and hashtag follow the facts. <laughs> yeah, that's only a minute 37 of about 25 minutes of one recording that's been put together of Democrat election deniers. But you are unpatriotic. You are a criminal if you point out the lengthy laundry list of election shenanigans, to put it nicely from 2020. Look, I know we've got calls on the line. We're already at our first break. We'll jump right into the phones if you stay right here on 710 KNUS. John Corbelis behind the glass off to a good start with the Allman Brothers, Midnight Rider. can tell it's going to be a good night of music. All right, before we jump to the phones, let's just take 30 seconds, check in with Donald Trump and see what he's saying now. All right, so he's talking about energy. He's already vented with regard to the. Uh, he's vented with regard to the witch hunts and the litigation and the the apparently smirking judge or justice Arthur F. Ingeron, who, um, yeah, bars Donald Trump from running his own company for three years, and finds him some four hundred and fifty million dollars. So what does Donald Trump do? cry, move to an island somewhere, pack up his toys and go home. No, he comes out from Mar-a-Lago and just trashes this whole system, uh, talks about the times this judge has been overturned. I think four times he's been overturned with rulings just in this one trial. But most importantly, most importantly, he gets past a major hurdle with the Securities and Exchange Commission for Truth Social, which looks like may have a market capitalization of $10 billion. So this little social platform that uh, Trump insisted on starting, and you know he's gone back on Twitter, but he never posts there. Other people post his truths on Twitter or X. Uh, he's not going to cry over this money if he has to put up a bond or put the money in, an, in trust until his appeals are satisfied, I don't think. There's not a chance in my mind, and I've read a little bit about this trial, not a ton, but there are so many constitutional defects and legal defects with the way this trial has been handled, the judgment, et cetera, doubt that he will ever pay a penny with regard to this so-called penalty. But setting that all aside, 
$10 billion market cap, you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars that would go into the Trump organization if uh, if that all continues and passes through. So if he has to pay a fine, he'll just do it and go on to make America great again. All right, we've been promising phone calls. Let's see. Let's go with Jack and Evergreen, then we'll go to Frank. Jack, welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm almost to Wyoming. You're absolutely right about that. The process, forget about facts. Facts don't even matter anymore. The only thing that, that, that really matters is the process with these phony judges like Edgar on, or whatever the hell his name is. This guy, he's never read the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution about cruel and unusual punishment. The Fed, you know, New York State doesn't have plenary power over the, over the whole country. The plenary, the plenum is the Constitution, period. And you understand what I'm saying. I absolutely do. Although, you know, ever since FDR, they've been just chipping away at the constitutional firewalls and they're damn close to to really minimizing its ability to protect our freedoms. Well, if, if they were to let this judge in New York penalize and fine, if those any of those fines, if five cents of those fines were actually stuck after they went to appellate review, then the country's over with. In other words, in other words. Any, any state can turn around and strip you of everything you have. I mean, it's absolutely outside of the law and outside of the Constitution. And it's just so obvious why it's being done. They want to break him. They want to keep him out of the That's White all. House, it's obviously. It's all political. And There's it's not one of his cases. There's not one of his trials that has a foundation that's legally justifiable. Do you realize that? And I know you do. And yet, man, he is just up there swinging and slinging and not backing down, growing in popularity, now leading in Michigan. Uh, I, I wish they'd turn their attentions away from creepy, sleepy showers with daughter Joe Biden, though, and start looking at the other possibilities. I can't imagine it's going to be Kamala. I can't imagine it's going to be Newsom. I still think it's going to be Michelle Obama. Well, I mean, that's toxic right there. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty amazing. What could be more? What could be more toxic than that? Jack, safe right, travels, Randy. my friend. Thank you very much. Right. Let's jump to Frank in Denver. Jack's line is open three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. Frank, welcome to the show. Yeah, uh, Randy, uh, welcome back. I'm glad you're sound rested and recharged, and appreciate your honesty and uh, straightforward and diligent pursuit of these matters. You know, I'm so glad that the uh, House uh, voted and uh, to impeach. My Arcos, even if it's by one vote, I, I look at that one vote as just the first step in a journey of a thousand miles, and that's okay. Just keep on plugging and, and uh, don't don't cave in. Regarding these uh, uh, cases uh, of Trump, you know, it's almost like uh, I have concerns about the justice system. It's almost like the justice system in these different places have become tribal. You got tribal New York justice system, tribal Washington justice system, tribal Georgia justice system, and I wanted to ask you, as a lawyer, what you feel uh, because you've been so intimately involved with the courts, presented cases, watched judge judges, and I'm sure you can appreciate if a judge has a bias. I can't believe the Colorado Supreme Court, the four judges, the three good judges that gave a correct uh, view, but what what are your feelings about the future of our justice system holding together against these kind of forays of a taken over justice system from a out of control uh, administration? Well, Frank, we are in very dangerous times right now, 
And I, I thank God that Donald Trump was able to get, uh, you know, constitutionalists and conservative leaning justices onto the Supreme Court. Obviously, they disappoint us from time to time. But uh, we still have that as a resting place for some of this insanity. But just watching the ability of this, you know, they call them a Supreme Court, but it's the lowest form of trial court in New York. Uh, This judge who I've, I've read in multiple places, I didn't see it myself, but I've read in multiple places as he levied this $346 million fine, which goes up to about 450 with interest and all of that that he smirked at Donald Trump as he put that out. And it's just insane that a judge should be able to do it. This is the same judge who valued Mar-a-Lago at $18 billion when it's worth so much more than that. Or eight, I'm sorry, $18 million when it's worth so much more than that, 50 60, 70 times more than that. I've been there. I I know how beautiful it is and how massive it is and how well kept it is and how popular it is. And I looked at housing prices along the beach there, um, up and down from the restaurant that you can walk under the highway to on Mar-a-Lago property. And it's just, it's, it's, the justice system and the the court system in general should just be humiliated. You mentioned a moment ago what the Colorado Supreme Court has done. Those rulings from the four justices who voted to keep Trump off the, the ballot just reek of politics. Well, I listened for the little things. The, the venom that uh, came out of that uh, DA or the lady that's persecuting Trump in New York, just her uh, absolute hatred of him as a person. I mean, doesn't that say something about the prejudices of a uh, justice system against a particular person? I mean, how could they even leak that or put that out there on the airways if they're purporting to be fair and balanced? Uh, that just doesn't comport. Yeah, Frank, they wear it as a badge of honor. Uh, fan, big Fanny Willis uh, bragged about if she's elected that she'd get Trump. The District attorney, the prosecutor in New York on this case, bragged and and ran on a platform of getting Trump. And the Democrats have politicized the justice system. And I think they're going to rue the day because Americans are waking up. I believe the Democrats will be unsuccessful in naturalizing or legalizing the ability for these millions of illegal aliens that Biden has let in at the southern border to to vote uh, and I think the changes are going to come fast and furious after Donald Trump is reelected this November. Well, we can only pray that uh, there is still justice and that the original justice system that was conceived and has been protected down through the years has not been irreparably harmed uh, by the acts of this Biden administration and the, and the left-leaning Democrats that are trying to take over the country. Frank, one of the things I always love about your calls to our radio station is you're, you're, you're smart, you're courteous, you're interested, you're interesting. So I've got a question for you. The Democrats have unleashed this lawfare. It's been going on longer than we realize, but it's in everybody's face now. They've done it with the with J6ers. They've done it with election prosecutions. They've done it with these attacks on Donald Trump, on his lawyers, on his right to counsel, on other lawyers like my good friend, John Eastman. 
if the Republicans get control, if the Republicans, you know, if we have a Republican president and um, a Senate majority will be able to flood more judges into the judicial system, is it time for Republicans to just simply fight the dirty game that the Democrats have foisted upon us, fight fire with fire? Because I got to tell you, I I get kind of sick of some of these soft, underbellied Republicans who always tell me we don't operate that way. Well, Go ahead. No, that's why I respect you, Randy. You you go by the book, and you, you do what is uh, val- validatable and provable, and that's why you probably win a lot in court. And I look at it as one victory at a time. And I look at that uh, impeachment of Mayorkas the other day as like climbing a mountain, just putting your little spike in and pulling on up one victory at a time to climb this gigantic hill. And guess what's at the top of that hill? The city, the shining city on a hill. And that's a prize worth fighting for, one victory at a time. It really is. And when I look around, when I get out to these national events, when I am on these national calls just to see what's happening in other places around the country, my optimism is just exploding about the future of this country. It's going to be a rough spring and a rough summer. Oh, it'll we're all, be a fight. Yeah, but, and we're already seeing, you know, more violence breaking out, more gun violence. We're seeing illegals who, you know, beat the crap out of a cop in New York and then just go to California and got arrested for assaulting a security guard. And, you know, we see what they're trying to do to disrupt our society, to create this chaos the Cloward and Piven plan to overrun all of our agencies and and just overwhelm our systems to break down our society. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. But I do believe in God that he has plans for this country that are great, uh, that this is the country that, you know, is founded on the principle of you and me being able to uh, praise and pray to and worship the God of our choice if we choose and well, think, that's important. Go ahead. I think they have a big hill to climb to. And actually, I think there are more of us on the good side than they're on the bad side. And we just have to awaken these people. And uh, I was listening to a hunting and fishing show earlier today. And uh, they were talking about 60, 60 or 70 percent of the hunters and outdoorsmen are not even registered to vote. And they have to wake up and participate in this, uh, you know, political arena to defend our rights. I mean, everybody that wants to preserve whatever the American dream has been for themselves, look at their children, look in the mirror, what do you want for yourself? We have to uh, wake up, vote, and do what's logical and constitutional. And Frank, I love what's happening in the churches. I, uh, I've been going to Brave Church, the Became friends with the pastor there when uh, when he showed up at Bandemir during the COVID lockdowns to do an Easter service, baptized hundreds of people or at least dozens. I mean, they were definitely flocking down and uh, uh, just unafraid to not only preach from the Bible, preach gospel, but also take on these political issues and get people to realize that you can't just sit around anymore so many Christians who do not vote, and that block alone, and if we go back to the presidential uh, with the big improvements Donald Trump has made in the black vote, in the Hispanic vote, in the suburban mom vote, all of these different things bode very, very well, even for election 
steal even in the face of election stealing Democrats. So we um, appreciate leaders like you, Randy, that uh, keep up the fight and keep us informed. That's very helpful to know what the legal system is doing and your your whiskers, your your sensory whiskers to give us your perception of what's going on are really helpful. Well, Frank, it's good to know that you're still around and out there and listening. I hope you check in often, and God bless you, sir. Have a great rest of your weekend. Same to you. All right, it's 542, 18 minutes to go until 6 o'clock. A good-looking week ahead. I'll tell you about that. I've got an answer for you, Ron and Conifer, about the votes in the second Mayorkas, the successful second Mayorkas impeachment. Ton of text messages coming in on the 710 Can US app. That text to studio feature is so much fun. And uh, we'll do a time check for our friends down under who are listening. Jackie's down under Patriots here in just a few minutes. So stay with us. Oh, our phone number, Frank's line is open, 303-696-1971. 696-1971. I'm going to go take a tranquilizer because I love last cup of coffee was a little bit much but i will be right back here on 710 knus very very nice work john corbless behind the glass filling up the music gaps in the show tonight that is don't take me alive steely dan that was the third cut on side one from the royal scam album 1976 really really good album all right, welcome back. I'm Randy Corporan. It's good to have you here. And um, I, before we run out of time, I am going to give Ron his answers about that second Mayorkas impeachment vote. But before we do that, just a quick shout-out again to our Australian friends listening. Jackie's Down Under Patriots, where it is now 11.48 a.m. on Sunday in Canberra. Uh, Kingston is 1248, Adelaide 1148, so Perth, Chris, I've got all those time zones there in Australia, uh, and I don't know where Jackie's Down Under Patriots are from, so maybe somebody from Down Under can shoot me a text or get on 710KNUS, uh, download the 710KNUS app and send me a text to studio. We've already heard from our friends in... Nebraska, man, so many texts here. I'm going to have to scroll back through these so I can read some of them to you. Maybe do that in the second hour. But let's get back to the phones with Jay in Sterling. Welcome to the show. Welcome. I got some quick questions. You know, bad things will happen when good men stand down. But now they've got our backs against the wall. I'm I'm a farmer, a trucker. I'm all these things, you know. But they, it's almost like they're going after the the families the the things the basis of life they're trying all these politicians are going after us hard-working people we believe in god we work our butts off we do all these good things but they're trying to keep us we start businesses whether it be a restaurant whether it be a welding shop whether it be any of these industries or an insurance company anything regulations they keep putting more regulations on everybody to where we can't survive now that is just something that will fully trash our country absolutely and then to let people that we work our butts off to do everything legally but now these they're allowing people to come in here not just illegally but then to do stuff illegally now that puts us americans us law-abiding citizens they're putting our names straight in the ground and now we can't, they say, 
some people say, well, vote. Well, you vote. Well, look at what happened in the last voting deal. So, yeah, you vote. Well, you don't even know if your vote counted. And I just got this deal in the mail, and I don't even know what this is. I've never gotten one before. And this is my question. Presidential primary election. Official Republican Party only put one in ballot. I just got this four days ago. Official Republican Party ballot. Yeah, it's your primary ballot. What's your question about it? What 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 is the primary ballot? I thought we all went on November third or no, whatever election day and voted then. Well, that's that's once we have a nominee. We don't have a nominee yet on the Dem, on the Republican side. They claim that creepy sleepy showers with daughter Joe Biden will be the nominee on the Democrat side. I don't believe that for a second. But this is Colorado's opportunity to choose who they want to be the Republican nominee for president. And I think there's like, what, 10 people on there or something? Seven or One, eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. But here's the here's Donald the kicker, it, And isn't like Donald Trump at the bottom, Jay? At the very bottom? Yeah, isn't that the <laughs> second from the bottom? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But hang on a minute. On the Republican side, I thought all those people bailed out, you know? Rosamwe, you know, Hitchinkin, Haley, they're all not they I thought they they're not running for president. So why are they even here to be checked on? Well, when the deadline hit for the ballots to be printed, that was in early January. I think everybody was still in then. I don't it was before Haley dropped out or I mean before um, DeSantis dropped out. Uh, and obviously Haley who will be leaving soon, I predict. Um her name needed to be on there because she was still actively pursuing the nomination. But uh, we all know how that's going to turn out. Okay, here's another quick question for you that I don't, I don't know the answer, so I apologize for that. So, therefore, on the Republican side, on the very bottom, it says write-in. You can check a write-in. Yeah. And then it's got a line for you to write in. Now, on the Democratic side, the bottom line says nominated delegate what does that mean so it doesn't even so the democrat side of it doesn't even give you a be able to write in to anybody now so, that's kind of an oxymoron because that's a double standard isn't it so you must be uh, unaffiliated so you got both the republican and the democrat primary ballot is that what you're telling me that's what i got in the mail so three I, days ago. I have not seen the democrat ballot i wonder if uh could you take a picture of it and send it to me then maybe i could answer your question Okay, do you want me to you want to know you got a number you can give me on air or yeah. do you want me to or do you want to do it off air? Yeah, when we're when I when we're done with the call, we'll just put you back on hold and got, John will grab your number and you can text it okay, to me. The, the Democrats got Palmer, Camaggio, Lozanda, Phillips, Lyons, Wilson or Williamson, Biden, and then Piers Sorrento and hmm. Yeah, it, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I mean, I, well, I pay send, to send me a pic. Stuff, yeah, you know? send me a picture of it so I can comment on it. I'd really d- would appreciate it, Jay. Absolutely, because I'm not going to mail in either one of these because it's you know I mean our election is so crooked, anyways. And then I get this, and well, I'm like, well, don't what ma- are don't you talking about who would you be choosing out of your two ballot? Would you be voting the Republican ballot or the Democrat ballot? Who do you think I'd be voting for? You'd be voting for Donald <laughs> Trump. So you definitely want to check Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to check that box. And uh, and I, I'm with you. I don't like mail-in ballots. I will drop it uh, at an election site. I don't like remote ballot boxes either. Um, and I will tell you, it helps the Trump campaign. It helps any of these candidates who, if you turn that ballot in early because then they can check you off the list and they don't have to go and pursue your vote. They always spend their time 
honing down those lists and pursuing the people that haven't voted. So mark it, seal it, drop it off at your nearest um, clerk and recorder yeah, or wherever got you got. Yeah, yeah, at the courthouse there. Okay. Well, it, take, it takes a businessman to run a business, and it takes a businessman to run a country, not a politician. Better believe it, Jay. It, it, it takes a rancher to raise a ranch and raise our cattle. It takes a farmer to plow the field and grow a crop. It takes that type of a person. It doesn't take a politician to run a country. It doesn't take a politician to run your supermarket or anything else. It takes the person that knows what the job is at stake and needs to be done. And he's the man for the job. All right, Jay. Appreciate it. And we're going to just stick you on hold. John will get your number, and I'll send you a text, and you can send me a picture of that Democrat ballot so I can look at it. I'd appreciate it. No, thank you, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. God bless you, sir. All right, let's get to the Mayorkas impeachment vote for Ron and Conifer. So remember the first vote. That was back on the 6th. And uh, they missed it. 216 voting against, 214 in favor. We had Mike Gallagher from Wisconsin, Tom McClintock from California, and our own Ken Buck from CD4 voting against. So if one of those Republicans would have voted, it would have been a tie. If Steve Scalise had been there, um, he could have flipped it over. If two of those Republicans had voted for it, then the my Orcas impeachment would have gone down on the first vote. There were uh, – oh, there was Blake Moore, I guess. Now it says Steve Calise vote. Steve Calise voted. Oh no, I'm sorry. I, I there's a run-on sentence there. Steve Calise, House Majority Leader, was absent for the vote due to being treated for cancer. Yeah, uh, due to being treated for cancer. Man, coffee. Representative Al Green of Texas was the final member to arrive, casting his no vote to tie two fifteen to fifteen while wear, wearing hospital scrubs after he had finished abdominal surgery. Then he changed his vote to no shortly before the speaker called the vote, which allowed Republicans to vote again on the impeachment in the future. So the second vote, more interesting, um, Homeland Security Chair Mark Green from Tennessee said that Republicans intend to vote Mayorkas a second time when Scalise returns. On February 9th, the caucus, the Republican caucus said they would vote again to impeach Mayorkas on Tuesday, February the 13th. On the 13th, they did. 214 to 213. Ken Buck, Mike Gallagher, those men aren't running again. Tom McClintock, again, opposed the effort by their conference. Four representatives missed the vote. This is what Ron wanted to know about. Democrat Judy Chu missed it due to having COVID. Three others were Floridian representatives who had flight delays. Republicans Brian Mast and Maria Salazar, along with Democrat Lois Frankel. So Judy Chu, a Democrat, COVID, three others, Floridian representatives, Republicans, Brian Mast and Maria Salazar, and Democrat Lois Frankel. So if the two Democrats and the two other Republicans had showed up, it wouldn't have made any difference. But if any of those numbers had gone sideways, we might have failed that second time. And we know Mayorkas isn't going anywhere, but he'll lie to you. And has told, said a hundred times in public that our border is secure. He'll lie to you and tell you that Joe Biden is brisk and fresh and inquisitive and powerful. These people make me sick. 
All right, hour one flew by. Phone number here is 303-696-1971, 696-1971. Jump right back to the phones. Got some great audio for you and so much more. Hour two ahead. Wake up with Randy Corcoran. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.